So welcome to another episode of the Film Comment Podcast from Cannes. And I have, oh my, okay, well, hello, hi Vigo. It's a very nice image. Really? I need a, a camera? Do you want me to take a picture of you? I, I mean, I'll, I'll take that offer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's Vigo Mortensen, y'all. Welcome to the Film Comment Podcast. I'm Devika Girish, the co-deputy editor of Film Comment. Last week at Cannes, I had the chance to sit down for a conversation with Leah Seydoux, the French actress who's had an enviable and prolific run these last couple of years. You might have seen her just in 2021 in the latest Bond movie, No Time to Die, Wes Anderson's French Dispatch, Bruno Dumont's France, or Arnaud Espachin's Deception. She's continuing her streak this year with two excellent, very different movies, both of which premiered at Cannes. One Fine Morning by Mia Hansen Love, in which Leah plays a young mother grieving the slow cognitive decline of her father. And Crimes of the Future by David Cronenberg, where she plays a dystopian performance artist alongside Viggo Mortensen. In our windswept conversation on a roof on the cross set, Leah dug into her experiences working with both directors, being an object versus a subject as an actor, her thoughts on beauty in cinema, and a lot more. I hope you enjoy the conversation. And don't forget to check out all our other CAN coverage, including dispatches, interviews, and more podcasts on filmcommon.com. Okay, so <laughs> we're on a rooftop at Cannes, and I'm here with a very, very special guest. I would say the queen of this year's Cannes and last year's Cannes. <laughs> it's none other than Leia Sidhu. Leia, what a pleasure to have you on with us today. I'm, I'm very thrilled to be interviewing you. I am really happy to be with you now. Leia is in two of the best films at Cannes this year, One Fine Morning and Crimes of the Future. Her co-star in Crimes of the Future just walked past us and took a little picture of us, which has absolutely made my day. <laughs> but, you know, just to start off, I wanted to ask you about how you came to be involved with these projects and what was the thing that made you say yes to each? Because you star in such different roles, like the last few years, like the whole range of cinema, you know, you've explored. So I'm curious, what is the thing that makes you take a role especially in these two films yes um so what i what i love about what i'm doing is that i can travel in films in a way and i love to um to work with the filmmakers that have their own language in a way it's 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 just a for me like cinema is is a way to question the world and so to be to work with filmmakers that have like their own style mm -hmm. is something that I really really love and it's also part of um, what I love about acting mm -hmm. is that you can um, you are like a, I mean it, this is what I try I try to be like a chameleon you know and I love to adapt myself and every time it's a challenge but I'm but I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm scared about it uh, but uh, I think I'm, I'm, I've become now a bit addicted to this, uh, to this feeling. Mm -hmm. 
And specifically with, maybe let's start with One Fine Morning. Um, can you tell me, you know, how did Mia approach you and what were your first impressions about this movie? You know, why did you want to be in it? So I wanted to be in it because I was very moved by the script. And uh, it was the first time that I was given uh, a part that was uh, the, the, the part of a, of a normal woman, mm. I would say. And I like her... Um, subtlety the way uh, her um, directing is very pure and so as a as a as an actor and and uh, my character in the film has very raw emotions and there is a certain uh, purity you know and this is something that I that I love about Mia and that I, I felt that I was like that that was the part for me you know I could that I could do with this part something that maybe I've, I've, I've haven't like uh, expressed yet. And in Crimes of the Future, you play a very abnormal woman. Everyone is abnormal exactly. yes. in that yeah, film, yeah. but you play a performance artist, a, a surgeon turned performance artist yes. who operates on Vigo Mortensen as part of these spectacles. Uh, I really want to know what you thought when you first got that script. You know what? I was, I don't think I. I understood everything, to be honest, but in a good way. Like it's, uh, it's, it was like because it's so met metaphorical, and um, and it's it's something that grows. You know, it's a script that 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 uh, grew inside me. And I mean, David Cronenberg has such a a unique style as well. He's he really created um, an atmosphere, and uh, for me, he's. He's a poet. He's a, he's an artist, and this is also why I, I mean it's. I, I feel very fortunate to have worked with with him because he's he invited he invented his own language, um, and 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 that I love. I mean, and it's a challenge because of course that the it's 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 a world that is uh, uh, dystopian and and. Um, it's so difficult to describe this movie, but I think that it's also because it's a it's a visual experience and uh, an organic uh, experience. Good and pun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, there is one scene in Crimes of the Future where you and you go see another duet's uh, performance art, and it's a colleague, it's a friend of yours whose face is being sort of modified, mutilated, and you go talk to her after, and she says something like. You know, such few people understand that I don't want to be made more beautiful. Like I don't. I love this. I love like the dialogues. Uh, David's dialogues are amazing. Yeah, I mean, so rich. And I've been thinking about that line so much. And I thought about what it also says about the profession of actresses or, or female actors. Is that something you've thought when you're offered roles? Like, I don't want to be made more beautiful, more glamorous. I mean, you're often sought out for your beauty you know you've also been a model but I've never been a model no it's uh, <laughs> it's it's on wikipedia i know but no i've never been or, or, or you've been in campaigns you have of course yes, you've yes, always yes, been yes, an yes. actress since you were very young but you know i i wonder if that's something that you've grappled with in your profession as well you know this this desire to do roles that are not focused on beauty that maybe allow you to be less beautiful you know I mean, beauty first is uh, subjective. So my 
interpretation or vision of beauty is uh, not really the one that I see in, uh, I mean, in, in magazines. Mm. To me, what's beautiful is imperfection. That is beautiful. And I like to see in cinema as well. This is something that I love to see. I love mm. to see uh, real bodies and, and uh, the flesh and, and the, the um, I mean, it's, it's all about details, you know. For me, like beauty is when I'm, is an emotion. And I feel that now, imp- like people are looking for perfection. Mm. And it's, it's really something that I, I don't relate to that. Like it's, uh, it's uh, not my, my perception of beauty. Mm. So, and I think maybe cinema helped me in that sense to accept also myself. Because uh, of course I'm, 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 I have like many complex, complex, uh, like uh, everybody does. But uh, I think that cinema, I've, I've understood that what, what your flaws in a way, you can turn them into something beautiful. Into art. Into art, exactly. Yeah. And uh, this is what I also understand when she says, "I don't wish to make." To, to to be more beautiful. I mean, that's what Saul Tenser does. He makes his cancer beautiful. You make his cancer beautiful. And exactly, and it's yeah. and it's also a metaphor about an artist. Yeah. With with uh, I mean, you 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 try to create uh, from nothing. You try to create something from something that is inten- intangible. You try to create something that will be. Perceivable, consumable, can, yeah, yeah, consumable and 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 uh, tangible, yeah, yeah. So uh, I was reading in the press notes that uh, you initially were offered the part of Timlin, but you said you wanted to play Caprice, and I was wondering what made you want that part. I think it was the relationship between uh, the two characters that I liked, the uh, Vigo uh, Martensen and. And my character, they perform together. They are uh, artists, and I was more inspired maybe by that that uh, that role. But uh, I mean, I I love also Timlin, and I love what uh, Kristen you know did, and I think it's it's uh, I mean it's brilliant. And and I I mostly wanted to work with David. You're listening to the Film Comment podcast. Sign up today for the Film Comment Letter. It's a free weekly digital newsletter featuring original film criticism and writing by Film Comment's editors and brilliant contributors. The letter delivers exclusive features, reviews, interviews, streaming picks, news, and more directly to subscribers' inboxes every Thursday before they're published on filmcomment.com the following Monday. Sign up today at filmcomment.com. Mia, I was reading her press notes, and something she said was she wanted to make you the observer, the watcher, instead of the one being observed, because you're often in roles and situations as an actress, as a celebrity, one who is the object of the gaze. And she, in her film, wanted to make you someone who's quiet and who's looking at the world. And I thought that reversal was very interesting, and it's also somehow true of Crimes of the Future, where, you know, traditionally, if you think of the magician who has the woman on a table that he's going to cut up, or the doctor, you know, who's operating on the female patient or so many artists where the woman is the muse you are the one who's 
operating. You're the one who's looking, you know, you're turning someone else into an object. So both these films, they're so different, but I found the strange uh, parallel in your role. And I was wondering if you could talk about the opportunity to play that inversion. You know, it's, it's very, very interesting. Your question is very interesting because I've always felt that when you play a character, you are in the position where you watch or you're being watched. And so you, 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 you project things, you know, like, so you have a character who projects or, but also interject, interjects. And, uh, and I, I, I think that, uh, this, this character, Sandra, that I'm playing, she's, she, she's, um, she receives, you know, reaction from the, from, from, from the outside world, like her father, her father's disease, uh, the, 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 her lover who, who is, uh, who, who leaves her. And, you know, every time it's like shock, she's, she's shock after shock. And, uh, I like to, to, to be the observer. And, uh, it's something that I, that I also love to, to interpret, to, to interpret because, uh, you you you're not like you're just receiving informations and it's 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 and it's it's why like there is the scene i i know some people talked about the scene in the bus you know when i received the text and it's this is a, a a good example you know i received the text and it's like i i i'm just like penetrated in a way by by sadness or by by by, by many different feelings but i love i love when i, I and when i when I don't need to speak and when I can just react to something. And at that moment, and it's a very intimate thing that I'm telling you, I feel like an animal. And I love that. Because it's also like when you, when you act, you, you are a, a sort of animal. Mm, say more. In what way, what do you mean by that? It connects me to, to, to my... It connects me to life. Something when I primal? Act. Yeah, something mm. primal, exactly. And uh, I love when it's like when you, when you stop thinking. This is one also of the great, uh, uh, the great uh, um, phrase in, uh, in David's film. Um, you have to stop. I, I, I don't remember, but you, you know, you have to stop seeing. You have to stop thinking. You have to... St and, and it's true, like when you... When you the, the, I love when I'm when I'm acting and I just completely I'm into the character and I and I become the character mm. and it's it's quite miraculous. Mm. Tell me about in David's film the scenes the performance scenes. Even though you're just that's, that's a good one, yes. yeah, you're just operating this little control, but you're also performing in a way. You're everyone's looking at Vigo's body, but. You know, you're dressed up, you're performing control. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, that scene. Sorry, right? the other one. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. which one are you referring to? The autopsy. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it applies to that one also. I mean, you're, you're very moved in the autopsy scene. But I mean, in general, there is, you come up with this amazing performance of control. Like, I mean, it, turning surgery into a performance. How did you work on that? The gestures for that, the posture? No, it, it's, it's, uh... They are having sex. It's just a, it's a 
shoes <laughs> on, but with their, uh, you know, machinery. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was, no, it was wow. just, uh, but yeah, they're having sex. But it's like, they, the, uh, and that's why uh, Kristen's character says, um, surgery is the new sex. Yeah. So that's how you and approached it's very, it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So another thing about like one fine morning uh, that I was just completely taken with is every time you cry in the film, it's just somehow just pierced through to me because there are these scenes where you suddenly start crying when you're with your lover, when you're just walking, when you're talking to just someone you just met. And the grief pierces through and then it goes away. You know, you regain control again. And it's the sense of capriciousness, to borrow a word, your name from the other film, you know, this caprice that puts the whole film on this precipice of emotion, you know, of this. And to me, it really captured how we live with grief in everyday life. It doesn't it's not that we're always consumed by it, but it's always under the surface. And I was just thinking how you cry a lot in France the the Bruno Dumont film. If you notice, it's, a, it's not the same cry. No, no, it's because France is not realistic. Right. Yeah. It's a very that's a yeah, much it's more a, it's performative. A, it's more performative, and it's a bit like uh, I mean, he's very different from David, but mm. it's it's films that are more about uh, metaphors. Um, so it was not. Uh, I, I mean. There is, it's, 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 uh, she, she's not supposed to be loved. She's not a very. Yeah, you don't feel yeah. sympathy for yeah, her, right? Yeah, you don't yeah. feel sympathy, but I, I hope, like, I mean, some people felt the, 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 the truth behind the fakeness, if it makes sense. Like, yeah. There is like, but it's a bit like David, they, they create something. They have very, both, mm. again, they are very different. They are very visual. Mm. And I think that um, Bruno Dumont is he's also a very visual director. And, uh, but um, it's very artificial on the surface. But then there is truth underneath. Mm. That's, why, that's what I was uh, yeah. trying to say. And so with artificiality, in a way, you can create, you, you can make uh, truth can, can... Emerge, maybe? Can emerge, exactly. Yeah. And this is something that also I find quite fascinating is how from something that is completely untrue, truth uh, emerge. Hmm. And it's, this is fiction. It's cinema. Yeah. For me, how like we do, I mean, films are just fiction. They're, yeah. not, they're not reality. But there is something that you need fiction in a way to be touched hmm. by real things. Hmm. And uh, for me, like I've always uh, thought that um, fiction helped me to um, to understand the world I'm living in and to understand also my own emotions. And in Mia's film, where it is fiction, but it's also such very, a very realistic, re- yeah, very yeah. realistic. Like it was uh, extremely, extremely realistic, and it's but it's still fiction. Mm. But I I really felt that you know I I, I that this woman does exist. Hmm. Yeah, and that you were her. I was her, but it's mm. it's crazy because it's it's. I, I I I'm not acting. It was I really I was her. It's. Hmm. But I was not thinking about acting when I was doing it. I was just this. 
I was just her. So you play a translator in Mia's film. I, I just thought the translation scenes were quite special too, uh, this kind of wrestling with language. And it made me wonder also about you switching between languages in films. Uh, you know, you've played so many English language roles, French roles. In David's film, you speak English with a French accent, but it's such a made-up world. It You know, it doesn't... Everything feels artificial, like you were saying. And um, does your approach to acting change at all with language? I love to, to um, I love to act in English because, again, because I love to adapt myself. I love to speak in a language that is not uh, my language, and it's a it's a challenge. And also because I I have uh, less words in English because it's not my mother language. And I mean, the English di dictionary is just a. Uh, you have more words in English there than we have in French, and it's. I, I love. I love to try to ex to to express myself, uh, to express a feeling. I mean, with less words, obviously, mm. because I'm. I am. I'm not. Uh, I'm not English, and also I live in Paris, so. I'm sure that uh, if I lived in a you know in America, it would maybe. But I. I. I, I, I love to speak English. Yes. And act in it too. I love acting in English. And um, I love to, to um, I love to adapt. I think that's a good note to end on. Thank you so much, Leah, for Thank your time. You. Thank you so much. Uh, it was great talking to you. And Thank I you. can't wait for these films to, you know, for the world to see these films and Thank to you. see what happens with them. And I hope I get a chance to talk to you again sometime. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you. Thank you. The Film Comment Podcast features original music by Greg Einge. Film Comment is a publication of film at Lincoln Center. Since 1962, Film Comment has been the home of independent film journalism, publishing in-depth interviews, critical analysis, and feature coverage of mainstream, arthouse, and avant-garde filmmaking from around the world. Visit us online at filmcomment.com.